Section two of Mother Earth, Volume one, number two, April nineteen six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Mother Earth, Volume one, number two, April nineteen six. Observations and comments by Emma Goldman. Whoever severs himself from Mother Earth and her flowing sources of life goes into exile. A vast part of civilization has ceased to feel the deep relation with our Mother. How they hasten and fall over one another, the many thousands of the great cities. How they swallow their food, everlastingly counting the minutes with cold, hard faces. How they dwell packed together, close to one another, above and beneath, in dark gloomy stuffed holes with dull hearts and insensitive heads from the lack of space and air economic necessity causes such hateful pressure economic necessity why not economic stupidity this seems a more appropriate name for it were it not for lack of understanding and knowledge the necessity of escaping from the agony of an endless search for profit would make itself felt more keenly must the earth forever be arranged like an ocean steamer with large luxurious rooms and luxurious food for a select few and underneath in the steerage where the great mass can barely breathe from dirt and the poisonous air neither unconquerable external nor internal necessity forces the human race to such life that which keeps it in such condition are ignorance and indifference since Turgenev wrote his Fathers and Sons and The New Generation, the appearance of the Revolutionary Army in Russia has changed features. At that time only the intellectuals and college youths, a small coterie of idealists, who knew no distinction between class and caste, took part in the tremendous work of reconstruction. The revolutionists of those days had delicate white hands, lots of learning, aestheticism, and a good portion of nervousness he attempted to go among the people but the people understood him not for he did not speak the people's tongue it was a great effort for most of those brave ones to overcome their disgust at the dirt and dense ignorance they met among the peasants who absolutely lacked comprehension of new ideas therefore there could be no understanding between the intellectuals who wanted to help and the sufferers who needed help these two elements were brought in closer touch through industrialism. The Russian peasant, robbed of the means to remain on his soil, was driven into the large industrial centers, and there he learned to know those brave and heroic men and women who gave up their comfort and career in their efforts for the liberation of their people. These ideas that have undergone such great changes in Russia within the last decade should serve as good material for study for those who claim the Russian Revolution is dead. Nicholas Tchaikovsky, one of Russia's foremost workers in the revolutionary movement, and one who, through beauty of character, simplicity of soul, and great strategical ability, has been the idol of the Russian revolutionary youth for many years, is here as the delegate of the Russian Revolutionary Socialist Party to raise funds for a new uprising. He was right when he said at the meeting in the Grand Central Palace, The Russian Revolution will live until the decayed and cowardly regime of tyranny in Russia is rooted out of existence. 
the french have a new president louvet was succeeded by Fallier. the father of the new one was a great gourmandizer of pantagruelian dimensions he died of overloading his stomach the son made his career like a cautious upstart he is well enough acquainted with himself to know that he is not a machiavelli therefore he does not boast of his sagacity but rather of his integrity a politician is irresistible to a crowd when he cries out to them my opponents express the suspicion that i am a numbskull i do not care to argue the point with them but this i will say by the way of explanation fellow-citizens that i am a thoroughly honest man to the very roots of my hair by this method one can attain the presidency of a republic as secretary of the interior Follier caused the arrest of the socialist poet clovis Hugues. at another time he declared as long as i am in office i will not tolerate the red flag on the open street the french bourgeois have found in Follier's their fitting man of straw for seven years the only genuine democrat of these times is death he does not admit of any class distinctions he mows down a proletarian and a martial field with the same scythe how imperfectly the world is arranged it should be possible to shift the bearing of children and the dying from the rich to the poor for good pay of course whosoever believes that the law is infallible and can bring about order in the chaotic social conditions knows the curative effect of law to the minutest detail the question how things might be improved is met with this reply all criminals should be caught in a net like fish and put away for safekeeping so that society remains in the care of the righteous hallelujah people with a capacity to judge for themselves think differently mr charlton t lewis president of the national prison association maintains our country jails everywhere are the schools and colleges of crime in the light of social science it were better for the world if every one of them were destroyed than that this work should be continued experience shows that the system of imprisonment of minor offenders for short terms is but a gigantic measure for the manufacture of criminals freedom not confinement is the natural state of man and the only condition under which influences for reformation can have their full efficiency prison life is unnatural at best man is a social creature confinement tends to lower his consciousness of dignity and responsibility to weaken the motives which govern his relations to his race to impair the foundations of character and unfit him for independent life to consign a man to prison is commonly to enroll him in the criminal class with all the solemnity and emphasis of which i am capable i utter the profound conviction after twenty years of constant study of our prison population that more than nine-tenths of them ought never to have been confined government and authority are responsible for the conditions in the western mining districts is not the existence of government considered as a necessity on the grounds that it is here to maintain peace law and order this is an oft-repeated song let us see how the government of colorado has lived up to its calling within the last few years it has permitted that the labor protective laws that have passed the legislature should be broken and trampled upon by the mine owners the money powers care little for the eight-hour law and when the mine workers insisted upon keeping that law 
the authorities of colorado immediately went to the rescue of the exploiters not only were police and soldiers let loose upon the western federation of miners but the government of colorado permitted the mine owners to recruit an army to fight the labor organizations hirelings were formed into a so-called citizens committee that inaugurated a reign of terror these legal lawbreakers invaded peaceful homes during the day and night and those that were in the least suspected of belonging to or sympathizing with the western federation of miners were torn out of bed arrested and dragged off to the bullpen or transported into the desert without food or shelter many miles from other living beings some of these victims were crippled for life and died as a result thereof when it became known that the w f m continued to stand erect regardless of brutal attacks it was decided to strike the last violent blow against it orchard the man of honor confessed and the lawbreakers appealed to the law against haywood moyer and pettibone this time the government did not hesitate the eight-hour and protective labor law was too insignificant to enforce but to bring the officers of the w f m to account that of course is the duty and the function of the state there is not the slightest hope that the authorities who for a number of years have permitted the violation of the law will be put on trial but the crime they have perpetrated is a weighty argument in favor of those who maintain that the state is not an independent institution but a tool of the possessing class many radicals entertain the queer notion that they cannot arrange their own lives according to their own ideas but that they have to adapt themselves to the conditions they hate and which they fight in theory with fire and sword anything rather than arouse too much public condemnation the lives they lead are dependent upon the opinion of the philistines they are revolutionists in theory reactionists in practice the words of louis the fourteenth i am the state have been taken up as a motto by the american policemen one of the new york papers contains the following account in discharging some seventy prisoners in the jefferson market police court yesterday morning the magistrate said to the police in charge of the cases i am amazed that you men should bring these prisoners before me without a shred of evidence on which they can be held such is the blessing of this republic we are not confronted by one czar of the size of an elephant but by a hundred thousand czars as small as mosquitoes but equally disagreeable and annoying friends of mother earth in various western cities have proposed a lecture tour in behalf of the magazine so far i have heard from cleveland detroit st louis and chicago those of other cities who wish to have me lecture there will please communicate with me as to dates at once the tour is to begin may twelfth and last for a month or six weeks emma goldman box two seventeen madison square station in the section two.